to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. Do you know what? It's two years ago this weekend, that's the weekend of June the 25th, that I set up the Forever Bristol City podcast. And my goodness, how time flies. And we're almost up to 83,000 downloads. So thanks a lot for that. And it's an audience that's certainly building. We enjoy doing it. And I hope you enjoy the content. This week's episode, we uh, recorded uh, just before the fixtures came out. And, uh, well, that's all old news now. So what follows is, uh, I've called it Midsummer Musings, this episode. But what follows is a chat with uh, myself, um, Dave Febs and uh, Neil, uh, really talking about the transfer activity that has happened and that might happen. And uh, we'll do a couple more of those uh, before pre-season uh, previews uh, proper gets underway. Uh, Mark's also involved in the conversation, but it wouldn't be a forever Bristol City podcast without a few sound difficulties. So apologies in advance for Mark's uh, sound not being uh, as good as it might be. But um, sit back and enjoy Midsummer Musings, the latest episode of Forever Bristol City podcast, which celebrates its two-year anniversary this weekend. Let's come to you first, Neil, then, on the transfers. Let's look at the business that's been done. Cross re-signed, Kane Wilson, League Two Player of the Year, Cal Naismith, Luton Town Player of the Year, and then the lad Sykes from Oxford. We've done our business early, and still plenty to come, I think. Last time we did it really early like this was 2014-15. Your thoughts on those that have come in so far? Uh, well, the signing of Naismith was completely out of left field, wasn't mm-hmm. it? If somebody had turned around to me and said that we were going to get uh, a centre-back who'd been in the Football League team of the season um, in the Championship on a free transfer, I, I would have probably expected a top six side or at least one coming down from the Premiership to pick him up on a free. Uh, so that was a fantastic bit of business. Uh, the Kane Smith... Ultimately, we did it in the end of season review with Chris Honor speaking about um, the lack of productivity from our wing backs. Yeah. So that was something we need to address if we're going to be playing through it about, mm. which I know we'll go on to. Um, I think we have to be aware of the fact that it's a huge jump from League Two to the Championship, and anybody expecting Kane to get double figures in Kane terms, Wilson, yeah. yeah, in terms of assists is. You know, expecting a lot from a player, a 22-year-old player, to come into the championship and have the same effect. But at least then you have options in that area. You're not playing 10 different players there. And more importantly, you're not having to ask Alex Scott or Vyman to play in that area. Mm. So that's addressed that. Closer, fantastic, to bring him back. Um, Ultimately, he's better playing in the middle. He's extremely vocal. He's a good organiser. Um, I thought Atkinson came on leaps and bounds last two months of the season playing alongside him, just that that you know, that arm over his shoulder, talking to him the whole time. You could hear it from the dolman. He's the type of player that we needed in the centre back, someone to build on. So yeah, yeah Sykes, bit left field. 
He's I, to me. He seems a bit oh, like right. a, he's a right winger. Yeah, he a seems a bit like a. I get the pronunciation right. Smodix, not Sesmodix. Smodix, sort of like mercurial, talented. Well, I, 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 I see him in, in the eighteen. I'm not sure I see him in the starting eleven no. at the moment, but I see him in the eighteen. But you see Wilson and Naismith, and of course closer in in your starting eleven. Yeah, I agree with that. Dave, transfer business in so far. Yeah, great. Cal Naismith's a, a cracking player. Um, someone who I thought we should have got when he was, you know, when Wigan were having all their financial trouble and we didn't take a punt on him then. You know, we could have got him for, for free then as well. Um, so I think we missed out on that versatile player, but but really good player as well. So that, that was a that was a cracking one. Wasn't on my list because a bit like Neil said, I, I didn't think he was realistic. I thought he'd go somewhere. If he was going to go anywhere, he'd go somewhere. Better than us, if that make if that makes sense. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm really happy with that one. Sykes. The couple the couple of times I've seen him live, he's kind of been a bit on the periphery. So I was a bit mm. worried about that. But I've watched quite a lot of highlights since the signing, and uh, there's more in his game than I saw in the in the live game. So I guess that's why you know the scouts out there watch six, eight, ten, ten games to kind of form a better better opinion. So and I. I you know, Neil, we will have this debate on OTIP, you know, don't do this first 11 and all that kind of malarkey. But Sykes will, Sykes will get his minutes. And and I, and I think even with, with Wilson, he'll we'll want to be dynamic down that right-hand side. And, and you know, he'll mm. share some of his minutes with, with George Tanner as well. And so, Do you think, what, do you think what, we'll give minutes... Is? Do you think we give minutes as well in this busy opening sequence uh, last week of July and August? Do you think we give minutes to, I'll call it the peripheral players, in the Caribou Cup? Yeah, it'd be great if we get a nice, easy draw when they can have, we can have those two games with, uh, you know, some of the fringe players in there. Yes? Do you think that, that, that's likely I, I to happen? I think he'll be mindful after last season where he, from memory, pretty much changed the whole team, didn't he? And, mm. and then we didn't, and then we didn't get through. We fluffed it against FGR, didn't we? Yeah. yeah and so I think he'd be mindful of that, and you know, undoubtedly we'll we'll rotate some players, but I don't think it'll be a, a complete different eleven. Yeah. I think it'll be. I think what he thrives on is having competition for places, mm. you know, and, and then if there is, you know, someone who's starting to look a bit knackered or whatever, then they, then he can swap them. Then, but I think he he'll he'll play his best team as much as possible, but that best team might be based on a bit of fatigue and, and that as well. Yeah. yeah. Mark, uh, I'm only coming to you last and saying keep it brief because I think there's still some sound problems with you. But if you shout down the phone, you, you must be pleased with the business so far as uh, Neil and Dave appear to be, or I've stated. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm Chef with Cal Naismith, dominant, dominant central defender. I think he's a great sign. I'm really excited by Kane Wilson. I mean, he, he was with... He was with West Brom as a kid from the age of seven, made his debut at 17 for Exeter and played for a number of clubs. So his star is really on the rise. Uh, I think the interesting one is Mark Sykes, but he might surprise us all with the wisp, six foot tall. Uh, is he that? Is he that? Okay, we're going on height again, aren't we? Uh, is he? I didn't realise he was that big. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Nor- he's from Northern Ireland, but I think he's he's dedicated. He, he's switched his allegiance to, to the Republic for under to under twenty one. So. Would we agree? Is, is, has has Nigel bought players for a particular style of play? Are we going for three three four one two or three five two? Do you think we're settling into that? Well, let me go to Neil first on that, and then you, Dave, because I know you've got views on that as well. And I won't give mine because it starts getting a bit sort of technical, and you guys are better 
to speak on these terms and myself. Neil, um, has he picked a side? I mean, there's leaders there. Of course, Naismith is certainly a leader and close. Yeah, one of those two could even be captain on the day. But do you think he's made the signing so far with a shape in mind? And in his interview, he sort of suggested there's not going to be many changes to that shape. I, I think he identified a system that ultimately worked for the players that we have. Um, and I don't think necessarily start of the season he's going to shift from that. Yeah, I think he's pretty much the same formation that we ended last season with, the last month of the season, you know, when the results fortunately started to come through. Um, he's going to stick to that formation, I would say. Uh, with regards to it, I mean, the one flying the ointment with that is Semenyo's missing for the first nine games. I think he'll, miss, I think he'll probably so. miss, he could well miss... Yeah, because you've got to do a pre-season. Yeah, yeah. You could well not feature this side of the World Cup break. That's the worst-case scenario. So, you know, is he going to have to change, look at the formation a little bit and actually think that formation worked when you had a powerful direct runner like Semenyo in the team? Is it going to work with different type players? But then, you know, we're still talking another... Set five weeks until the start of the season. So. And eight weeks more. Well, end of August is when the window shuts. It's an incredibly long window, isn't it? It's a ridiculous thing that they could play like uh, a fifth of the season, roughly, mm. and still have the window. There's just going to be a lot of movement. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Is, is Has he picked to fit that formation? Do you see us being tactically more flexible in the season ahead? Bit of both, really. I think. I think it's difficult to tell at the moment. I think if you'd have before the signings got made, I thought there might have been a a desire to move to a to a back four. Um, but more, I'm seeing it at the moment. I'm probably with Neil that it'll it'll be a, a back back three. I guess what we don't know is the the makeup of the the five midfield and attackers and, and how that'll work. So we've you know we've gone two one two, haven't we in the at the end of last season in, in most most games, whether it'll be that now we haven't got Semenyo, we, we just have to wait and see. Um, I, I personally would prefer us to go a bit flatter, but we'll, uh, I, I think we'll we'll gauge that as pre-season goes on and as players come and go as well. And, uh, so by a bit flatter, do you mean a flat-back four type of thing, yeah? No, sorry, I was in, in midfield, so rather than go kind of 5-2-1-2, go 5-3-2. Um, but you know, once again, it depends on what he wants to do with Andy Vyman as well, doesn't it? Will he put Vyman up front? Will he want to still play him in exactly that same role? I think he likes that Vyman role in behind. But then that, again, that still leaves us with two as a central midfield. And I think if we if we're if we're playing at two, we then we've got to have better fitness from from Joe Williams next season to make that work. <clears throat> well, if it's two in a midfield like that, what two? Yeah, and you could say Williams and James, and with Semenyo being out, it does allow Scott to come in. I mean, Scott, you you, you probably saw more of the game than I did last night, Dave, but Scott played well, and I saw a few comments on Twitter from Tottenham fans who have been linked with him saying, we've got to get this player and loan him back to City because he's not even, he's just turned 19. But, you know, if it's a two, what two? I think I think Alex Scott can play there. I think he proved it last season. I don't mm. I don't buy this that he's a he's a number ten per se. I think if if you watch the game last night, first half an hour, barely barely touched the ball, and mm. and therefore, and then when he went back into to centre midfield, he got on the ball and he kind of dictates things. And I think he's a central midfielder who you know, I think you could play him in there with with anyone. 
and he and, and he'd be good. And I think he proved it last season that he, he's, he's good in there. He's just got a, a really mature football brain, and I think it, it it just shines when he gets on the pitch. He knows what he's doing. He's a yeah. star. Yeah, absolutely, undoubted. As Semenyo would have been, although mm. I think it was odds on that he probably would have gone before the season started. A transfer. I don't think he would have. I think he, he was still going to be here. Yeah. Okay, Mark, uh, your your thoughts on um, you know we've talked about the shape of the side. I mean, do you you know the persistence in playing Chris Martin? It was interesting. I was chatting to Brian Tinian at a senior Reds lunch uh, a couple of months ago, and he said. Tommy Conway has got the attributes to pay to play that Chris Martin position, which is interesting, and he would know more than any of us. I mean, you know, Chris Martin seemed to feature in every game. Yeah, he was there. He seemed to be the the, the one player that I would say nobody's guaranteed a place, but it was you know it was more of a loss. It seemed to Pearson if he lost Martin than maybe some of the other players. So, what what do you think about the shape? up front, Martin, and uh, the midfield too, briefly. Well, he did, I mean, he did very well considering he played, he started 45 games, but of course he's, he's not getting any younger. I think he's, he's, 30, he's 31. So it's whether Conway's got the, the upper body strength to be able to hold on to the ball. And, you know, you get buffeted a lot. Championship can be quite physical. And operating the centre, he hasn't really had enough opportunities. So hopefully we'll see that in pre-season. Centre and midfield, I agree with uh, with Dave about Alex Scott. He's got to be in the centre as the playmaker, but we need some tacklers alongside him. Joe Williams, I'm still worried about his fitness. You know, the poor guy's had hamstring hamstring problems in both legs, and he's yet to play a solid number of games. So I just don't think you can, you know, you just can hope, you can you, you can bet on his fitness. I think we really need a backup or, or somebody who can take his place. Yeah, no, that that is interesting, and and I mean, would he do, do, has he uh, has he offered has the manager offered a contract to Andy King because his future is a little bit in 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 doubt or in some quarters people saying he's not really worth a contract because he wasn't much better than Danny Simpson in terms of uh, availability. Dave, well, let me ask you quickly on Just that one. Quickly, and gentlemen, I'm gonna have Andy to King. Sorry, Andy King. My window and because the bin bin lorries are just coming up and it's noisy. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> um, Sorry, Mark. Yeah, King. King off, I think so if he's got this. Much, everybody. All right, Mark. Speak to you again before preseason. Right, Dave. Here's sorry, come back in. Yeah, I, I think if it's this kind of player coach role, I'm, I'm, I'm imagine the emphasis will be on coaching, but maybe it's just that little bit of experience backup. Should James and Williams break down, and you know, not having to play the young midfield over a you know. A long period of time, so mm. I, I can see some some logic in in, yeah. in that. Um, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a high cost um, contract, so I, I don't think we can we have to worry about it from a financial perspective. No, no. Let's talk about midfielders and and some players that we've been linked with, and where would they fit in? I come to you, Neil, on this. Uh, the lad Rinamotta. At Reading uh, was linked, although he's back training with them, it seems. And I saw somewhere on Twitter, probably going to stay where he is. And then there's this Ridoni, uh, I think it's AFC Wimbledon. Mm. He's more of an attack-minded midfielder, isn't he? But Rinomota and Ridoni, would you like to see them come in as affordable signings, potentially? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Reading are an interesting one, aren't they? Because they're, they're supposedly working to, a, again, a reduced budget with the threat of a suspended sort of thing. But, but they managed to sign a couple more of their players. I mean, they shifted a few out. Swift's gone and Lauren's gone. Yeah. But um, Andy Yidem, they've re-signed and they've signed another lad as well that was out of contract. So they are coming to some agreements with some of their out-of-contract players whilst it appears at face value to still be sticking with inside their financial constraints. So, yeah, I would have to say it looks like Renham Hart is staying. I mean, there's, there's no way in. Oh, yeah, of course, in signs his son as well, of yeah. course, doesn't he? Wonderful. Uh, nothing going on there. Um, and, uh, you know, if Renham Hotto is at the preseason training, and I saw the Twitter thing uh, and I saw the, the sort of feed, and it, it appears at face value to be at the preseason training. I can't he see. Be, he's, he's under con- he's under contract, isn't he now? So is he? I'll turn up for training. Yeah, I thought he's out of contract. At, at the end of the month, it's a bit like a bit like several of our players, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, if we if we had any if, if we got any Dave that are out of contract at the end of the month that were at our preseason training, uh, other than um, King perhaps, but then there's I think there's an offer in for King, isn't there? Yeah, I don't no, think we no, do. We, we we haven't, but you know, if if they've put an offer into him, haven't they? Yeah, they have given him a contract offer, so the expectation is that he'll turn up for training until such point as he either accepts that offer, turns down, turns it down, or someone else comes in and, and makes a better offer. So I'm not surprised that he's he's at is at training. Now. I suppose he needs to keep himself fit at the end of the day yeah. as well, doesn't he? Really, yeah. ultimately, like we were just saying about the start of the season, it's the same for every club in the championship. I mean, for me, struggle. For me, the, the game that I saw at the end of went up to Huddersfield and saw that game was quite illuminating with regards to us for next season because uh, that day Huddersfield did a job on us. And well, did it, they do a job or were we just crap? No, they did a job on us, Dave. Um, they, 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 they put Russell on uh, Byman, man for man. Uh, they condensed the space. Um, and we didn't get forward. We didn't get into the game. Nullified. Semenyo's head started to go a little bit. He wasn't getting the space. He wasn't getting the opportunities. And his passing started to become a bit wayward. And they shut down Semenyo. And, they, and obviously, Russell did a job on Vyman at the end of the day and followed him everywhere on the pitch. And because of that, you know, like we said, at, you know, again, our review with Chris Honor, we had... 42 out of 60 goals from that front three and 29 out of uh, 50 assists from those front three. You shut down Vyman, you shut down Semenyo. Where else is it coming from in the team? So you need a plan B for next season. Yeah. It, it made a difference when uh, Tanner came on uh, right wing back and Scott went into the centre. At least we got a He's got to play, hasn't he? He's got to play because you need someone on the front foot in the midfield. Um I'm, but Dave made the point, or Andy, uh, Mark made the point very well, that we need some tacklers there because Scott, <laughs> bless him, he will he will get involved. Twelve yellow cards last year, he will get involved. But I don't see him as mm. a, a tackling midfielder. Yeah. He's a front foot midfielder, and you need people around him. Are you going to get that playing just the two of them in the centre? I don't know really. Uh, I think you might. I would prefer a five three two. Mm. Dave, what, a 5-3-2. A 5-3-2. I prefer Scott along there. If, if for, that, That's for the first nine games with Semenyo. Scott out. plus two. Scott plus two. And then who's your two with Semenyo being out? Martin and Vyman. Simple as. Yeah. Up front, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yes. it has to be. Martin and yeah. Vyman, yeah. Do you agree with that, Dave? Semenyo yeah, out. Yeah. 
So where does this... Now, you know about every player, you know, inside leg measurement a lot. What, what, what do we know about this Ridoni? The little bits that I've seen, it's a bit like Sykes, really. You sort of... They're lower league. I don't know anything about them, but the two of them seem similar. So is Ridoni somebody that... What what job would he fulfil if he was signed? Were he to sign? I, I, I guess if you'd have asked me at the start of the summer... If, if I had a choice of Radoni and Sykes, I'd have taken Radoni. I, I, I really like the kid. I think he's, he's he's really good. He's one of those players who kind of plays in between positions, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and he kind of plays in between the midfield and, and, and the forward. He's not, he drifts into the kind of wide left position. I I think he'd be a, a good Andy Vyman replacement if, if we needed to, to cover for him. So he's okay. kind of got that, that ability to kind of, you know, get into the box late. And, uh, and finish things off. Um, you know, his, his kind of data was, was really good last year in a pretty woeful Wimbledon side as well. So I always kind of think mm. that's a good sign. So I, I really like, I think he'd be a, a good player to, to bring in. Rinomota, I think, is he's he's more of a Corey Smith type, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, go around rat, ratting out the ball and, and getting it back and then other people will play with it. So, so Rinomoto would be a good signing if there were questions about Joe Williams, ongoing questions about Joe Williams' uh, fitness then, basically. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah quite, quite possibly, yeah. Um, so mm. I think those, those, you know, either, either or both of those two would be, I think, good good additions to the, to the squad. And I think yeah. you know, you'd get good, you know, be certainly for good value for them. I don't, I don't think Rinomoto would be on huge wages. You know, he came from a, a local side to Reading, so he's kind of oh, okay. He's probably suffered from being a, a local product on relatively low contracts. I think Reading's position is they've got to have their wage budget. I think maximum is something like sixteen million this year, mm. down from twenty one mm. last last mm. last year, and they've they've obviously lost a lot of players who were on loan to drink waters, your um, Baba. Carl Heine on, on loan from Arsenal. Have they got rid of uh, Lucas Jow yet? Has he gone here? No, he's, no, I think he's probably their, their fail-safe in terms of being able... I think if they get rid of him for a few million, he'll probably fund their ability to kind of rebuild the squad a little got bit. Okay. Good, good, good players, yeah, as well. What did you think about us missing out again? He was just linked. The uh, fullback pal that's joined uh, QPR, because some people say they don't think that Nigel has immense confidence in in Cam, and therefore, if he doesn't have immense confidence in him, then we are a bit exposed. Jada Silva obviously redeemed himself uh, in the manager's eyes by knuckling down in the second half of the season. But uh, was would, how would you have viewed it if we had signed that lad Powell, who was a product ultimately from the uh, uh, PSV squad, I think years ago. Yeah, but yeah. Good, honestly, good play. I've got, got, got to say, I. I... I haven't picked up on him at all in, in you know, mm. any of my fo- football watching. And uh, so I was completely unaware of him doing the usual kind of like yeah. looking back at him. Though he looks a, looks a good player and looks a, a yeah. decent signing for, for, um, for QPR. But I don't buy that Campering's, you know, fallen out of favour. You know, he, he made 40 squads last season. Yeah. You know, he didn't make the end. I think, you know, it's just because, of, you know, De Silva came back in, did well. And you know he wanted different options on on the bench. I think it's I think it's a big preseason for for Cam. Though I think yeah he'll certainly know what the fitness requirements are of Championship football. Certainly week in week out Championship football. 
Um, I'm sure he's, you know, he's fit enough, but that I think he's he wastes energy. He kind of he'll go kind of like bombing on when actually he's got no chance of getting the ball, and then he kind of gets a bit knackered. Well, you mean Preston away, Preston away being a yeah, classic I think, example. I think, I think you know, like Casey Palmer. I think when you do needless running, you knacker yourself out, and then people say, "Oh, you're lazy or you're not fit." Yeah. Or whatever. And I think it's just you just got to learn. I think he needs to learn the position. And it, and it's Neil says we go to a back three and we play with wing backs then like Tanner and Wilson on the other side sharing minutes. I think De Silva yeah. and Pring will have to share minutes because there's a hell of a lot of workload we're going to expect yeah. from them. I'm just going to talk briefly, we're going to talk about the players that are, haven't left and the ones that are out of contract in 23. But uh, Dave, just I'll stick with you, Dave, on this. With Cundy going, yeah, I we don't know too much about him, but Ida Hen looks a fit bloke and a bit of a unit back there on the left side. Um, but we've been linked with this Northampton horsefall guy. So is Cundy going? And we still don't know anything about Nathan Baker with his fitness, but on the basis that Cundy's gone and let's say Baker's a write-off, do we need to bring in another defender? And do you see that being horsefall? Potentially. Play, if we're going to play three at the back, then, then we need... We need five, don't we? And we've got mm. four at the moment. We've got Naismith, Closer, Callis and um, Atkinson. The, the problem is, is how do you attract, and this has kind of been my thing on OTIP, how do you attract a player to come to the club to say, you know, you're, you're either bringing them in because they are a direct competition to, those, to yeah. those other four or an improvement and, yeah. and therefore likely to cost some money, money, whether that's just wages or, or whatever. Mm. I think, you know, mm. one of the guys you could have possibly seen coming in was uh, Figueredo from Forest on a free. You could kind of ju- you could kind of see some sense in that. I can't remember mm. where he's gone. I can't remember where he's gone now. But um, that would have been, but Horseful, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to sign him and then say, what's he, like 24, something like that? You're going to come yeah. in and you're going to be in exactly the same position as Robbie Cundy. I don't think he comes here to, to play that role. No. I think he'll want to go somewhere where he's going to play. And I don't think yeah. he's of the, the, the quality at this point to say, yeah, you're going to come in and you're going to be ahead of any of those other mm. players. I think those Ka- But Cam, could, I mean, if you look at, you've got the fact you've got Idahan there yeah, and Cam. Cam can play. Yeah, we're, a bit un- we're unbalanced. We're now. unbalanced. We're two left now because Atkinson's left as well, isn't he? Yeah, mm. so uh, that's interesting. Uh, Neil, oh, actually, um, I think why? Sorry, just I think that's why Taylor Moore will hang around until we sort out that position. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, Neil, um, we were linked with a goalkeeper, and it was almost like it was a done deal in some media quarters. A French twenty-year-old Bajic, uh, O'Leary is out of contract next summer. He's twenty-six now. Uh, sorry, he's out of contract next summer, although club hold a one-year option. If Badgett comes, you know, we've got some up-and-coming youngsters, I think, in Wiles, Richards and Boos in uh, that goalkeeper position. Um, it's not happened, that move. Is it necessary? Do you think that means the end for O'Leary? Is Dan Bentley, would he be a possible target for Burnley, who sold Pope to Newcastle? Well, I mean, it goes to the heart of what you going to talk about in a bit about the contract expiries you know we've got a lot of players that we're discussing with I mean when we were just talking about Paul a minute ago I'm not going to digress and spend time on that but of course Jay De Silva's out of contract at the end of the season next if season you, yeah yeah if you, if you don't you know if you if you're looking at left wing backs you're looking at some sort of progression planning for the for the left wing back position if you're not going to be able to agree a new contract with Jay 
similar situation with Dan. I think Dan Bentley, Max O'Leary, and I think Wells Richards are all out of contract at the same time, aren't they? So we've got our three top keepers, so say, all out of contract. I know we've got an option year, I think, on Max O'Leary. I think I think Pearson knows now the players at the club. He knows the ones he can trust and the ones that he has question marks about. I think he has a question mark about Max, yeah. as we all do. Um, on his day, can be a fantastic keeper. but He didn't make the position his own when he was given a chance. He, he had, the, he had goal, the opportunity and Bentley came in. And arguably, Bentley addressed some of the issues around he distribution stronger, he, and Bentley? he came back stronger in, in the second half of the season. But um, I think if you're 26... Um, as a keeper, you've got a decision to make, haven't you? I mean, you sign a new contract, you sit on the bench. I mean, keeper's a difficult position, isn't it? Yeah. If you're a bench keeper, how many times are you playing during a season? Or do you want to be a first choice? If you want to be a first choice, Max is going to have to go elsewhere because I don't see Max as a first as the first choice keeper at the, at the football club, unfortunately. Yeah. I see him as a, as a backup at the club and... Um, you know, they've given another year's contract to boost just to see his development, but no doubt he'll go out on loan. Um, interesting around it. I mean, Bentley, he will be, people will know him. People will, in the game, people will be looking at him. That's not going to be an easy contract renegotiation, no. I would say. No. Uh, he's he's going to have offers. And, and, and Burnley, um, my speculation there, because it was at that uh, top, was it that Heaton? He joined Burnley th- from us, didn't he? Because th- he had a he had a similar track record, really. Tom Heaton, because well, he, he sort of started at Man United and Cardiff yeah. came to us. I don't see ben, I don't see Bentley as a Premiership keeper. That's the only thing with with Burnley. Um, them coming down, they'd be looking to bounce back up and going in and buying a player because Bentley would obviously cost a fee as well, and investing in a player potentially to get out of the division, but not necessarily to push them forward in the Premiership. I I think if you were coming down Burnley, maybe someone like um, Cooper at, at Plymouth. Uh, fantastic, fantastic keeper. But- and, and, you know, ultimately somebody that you're looking to develop, a young keeper looking to develop and push forward. Bentley, I think, over the years, has probably been a number of clubs when he was at Brentford, uh, in particular, that have looked at Bentley and passed on Bentley, and yeah. then he's, he's, and he's probably not going to do any favours. Uh, you know, although he kept us in many, many games, he's still yeah. let in seventy-seven. But then his uh, shot. I mean, uh, Dave's got all the stats. Let me ask you, Dave, about yeah. the keeper situation. That Bachik, if that's the right pronunciation, that was a bit left of field, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's still on as well. So yeah. I don't think it's gone. I, I, I still, as, as I sit here today, I, I think it'll still happen. Yeah. And so, and does that mean Max goes out on loan and yeah. then ultimately out or, of the club? Or sold, or sold. So I think. I think Do you Max see somebody like it. somebody like uh, Steve Cottrell picking him up at uh, Shrewsbury? Yeah, he's been there before as well, hasn't he? So, yeah, you know, it'd be a good move for him, wouldn't it? It would be a good yeah. move for him. All right, let's look at the yeah. players out of contract and the players that have gone out the door. We don't want to dwell on them. Goodbye, Callum. Lovely bloke by all accounts. I didn't know him, but I can't say I shed a tear there. Uh, Casey Palmer uh, gone. Uh, lots of potential, never realised, and we certainly had our pants taken down by uh, Chelsea with uh, that one. Uh, whether Mark Robbins can get something out of him remains to be seen. Uh, I think he wants a footballer lifestyle, looking at some of the pictures he was posting on Twitter or Instagram, 
loads of footballers lifestyle I thought he looked a bit chunky in the pictures with uh, <laughs> Mark Robbins as well but uh, uh, right. is it Mark Robbins? It is, is Mark, Mark Robbins. Robbins but listen I've got a list here Look, I've actually got a list contract expiry I don't know I've cut and paste this from somewhere alright let's go through the players on that list I mean Nathan in no particular order because I think Alphabet, I don't know what they are. Mm. Nathan Baker, I mean, I'll come to you first, Dave, on, on Nathan. Um, the clubs, the science is deafening on Baker but now, isn't it? Yeah? I, I think they've given us all the information they've, they've told us and they've said it's a delicate situation. Let's be sensitive. And, and that's kind of where I leave it. Whatever will be, will be with Nathan Baker. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he's really worth worth discussing, honestly. No, no. And, and Neil, do you think June the 30th is a critical decision day for that? Because if he's got his contracts up next summer, but, you know, that's a, that's a sort of break point for many things in football, isn't it? 30th of June. Got to say, I, th- I, th- I think anything about Nathan Baker now is going to come from Nathan Baker. Yeah. I think I think the club has gone as far as it will with commenting on him now. So I think when when the time is right, I think there will be something from Nathan Baker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sticking with you, Neil. Tyreek Backinson. Uh, no love lost between him and Nigel. <laughs> uh, spent second half of last season on loan at Ipswich. Did okay by all accounts. Uh, Think Mark will be uh, offering him something up at Portman Road? Because um, Nigel's not going to around, is he? That was probably an awkward first day practice, wasn't it? Um, Nigel warmly. Have you any of the videos, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Not a video, oh, but a photo. I, don't, I didn't see him any video, but I saw him in photo. Did you not? So. You've seen you him saw him in photo. Um, you know, Nigel warmly greeting You're everybody. warmly greeting so, all the players. Uh, except- well, I don't know. I mean, as Dave says, he's probably not in the video, but I mean, that. Backinson is one of those strange ones because actually, normally, Pearson is quite reserved in what he actually says. But when Backinson left, he that was one of those moments where Pearson lost a little bit of self-control and his true feelings came to the fore. Yeah. And I think that was out. And then I think Backinson made a few comments when he turned up at Ipswich, you yeah. know, that... You know, it's difficult to f- see a way back on, on that particular one. And uh, I'm sure... Well, I'm not sure Ipswich, personally. I think, looking at their signings, I think they probably spanked a huge budget on last year's signings. Yeah. And they're having to, uh, you know, accordingly look at their squad. So, Did you see the interview with... Uh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, Jesus. Well, was a mem- and what was it, running towards adversity? Well, I, 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 uh, I, I made a few comments on that. Uh, on OTIB because uh, for me, you know, as a police force... Um, I was going to say, if you were a member of the Arizona Police, police force, force and that idiot was... No, I mean, I, that, that, is, that is the motto of that. And of course they're going to run towards adversity because someone's called 911. There's an arm, there's a dangerous situation, you're going to be running towards adversity in a difficult situation. I'm not sure it translates well, into... Certainly didn't in Texas, run, 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 run. <laughs> I mean, the pension yeah. fund that now owns, it doesn't translate into a football field. You're running on, there's going to be, pit, you know, an armed situation and then a, a true adversity as you run onto it's a football field. Nil, it's, it? it's, it's it? is. It's, it's just it's, completely... It's Mark Ashton... Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, cool bullshit. Like, no, 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 no football club bases its, you know, motto on... The, the the people that a pension fund supports do they it, it's like Steve Lansdowne 
asking for something on the back of the shirt saying, invest your money with Hargreaves Lansdowne. I think the other one I said was <laughs> yeah. Derby, change, not Derby, Blackburn changing their motto from whatever that Latin Latin thing is to yeah. come and get your spicy wings here. You know, that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And, and it's, it's pure... It's pure Mark Ashton. Well, I, I think I think when he tried to justify it on it as well, I just oh, saw, saw just a man was... who's bought into a soundbite that, and hasn't actually thought through no, what just, it actually it, means and the relevance a, of it. It's such a pleasure yeah. when you see Richard Gould, gently yeah, understated, brilliant. you know, he's there in the background, keeping a low profile, tremendous bloke. Absolutely tremendous. And based on transfer activity so far, you'd say director of football, that's a cost that's been avoided. Okay, we're going to just finish off on on some of, not all the names on this list. Um, we talked about Jade Silva. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he can walk next summer unless we do something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what, what, what would you, what should we be doing with Jade Silva, Dave? Um, I think we, we try and, Recontract him, on, and he's probably one of our bigger earners as well. I think yeah. we have to address some balance there, like we do with several of the other players. I think that's the key. And I think if they don't want to budge, then maybe you do. And, that's two, and how much do we pay for him? Two and a half mil. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, is somebody going to come in for it? You don't know. Would you agree with what Dave said on that? Neil? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I, I think Jay and Bentley will have suitors, and I think that's a difficult okay. negotiation. All right, um, uh, two players. Of, very much fringe players. They're out next summer. Awara Edwards, I did see that under-23 final against, I think it was Coventry, and I think he was one of the little bright sparks. Saiku Jenner. I don't want to dwell on either of those. We uh, And there's two that we are going to talk about at length in a minute. Uh, Taylor, well, just on this list of that contract, Taylor Moore. Yeah, James Morton. Dave, what do we know about him? You know, he's been around the, not to say yeah. around the 18, but I mean, he's out next year. Is he somebody we yeah, should be... I, th- I think you know. I think you know he'll, he'll be on his way at, at, at some point. Um, it's a shame actually because he had a he was actually on trial with MK Dons when Russell Martin left for Swansea last season, mm. and then he got injured. And I think he's been he was injured most of last season. Came back in for a couple of the under twenty three games, and I've got to say he's one of the most loveliest passers of the ball you, mm. you'll you'll see. He's got a sweet left foot on him. Um, I'm not sure how kind of mobile he is around the pitch and I, and, I, and I think you know he'll find himself a, a, a club it might be league two it might even be national league he's 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 a lovely ball player though and if someone wants that type of player i you know i think he's got a lot to offer shame you know i don't think he's championship level unfortunately Are you so you don't see him featuring in the plans here and then we we no, talked about naki we talked about naki latest move being linked to uh Preston, would he, you know, he's bound to get minutes on the pitch if the manager goes to experience ahead of Conway uh, um, and people and people like that. But look, there's, there's, there's well, there's three names here uh, that we, we're going to wrap up on uh, today. Chris Martin's out of contract next summer. Mm. We could, he's probably not the biggest owner, but we could, this is just my thoughts, you could give Chris Martin a new three-year deal <laughs> effect. Effective, Three years. No, from right. Okay. No, not next summer. Yeah, you yeah. can say right. Yeah. We'll give you a two-year extension to your deal. Okay. Well, well, what would you do with Chris Martin? Because he can walk next summer. I'd I'd let him walk next summer. All right, Dave. Okay. What do you say to that? Um, because the manager loves it. I'd wait. I I 
I wouldn't be looking to do any any contract no. stuff with him at this point. I'd, I'd probably wait till right. January. See where see we are. Land lies there. Yeah. See where we are. Okay, that's fair enough. Right now we come on to the the the, the big the big two. Thomas Callas, Hanno Masengo. Who are we going to deal with first? Let's deal with Thomas. Right. Okay. Missed the tail end of last season. Dave, you, uh, sorry, Neil, you first. Missed the tail end of last season when we did not miss him. Yeah. We did not miss Callas one little bit. There was more to it than I think a, a like for like right. situation. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. So, so, but, and look, he's a good player, no doubt about that. But he's okay. a high wage owner. Yeah. Um, he can walk next summer. And yeah. if you think, if he walks next summer, right, bear in mind, fan walked. You know, take the aggregate of those spends, and maybe Jada Silva. You're talking twenty million quid's worth of signings walking out through the door with no recompense. So with Callas, if you were going to buy him, you want to see how fit he is after his hip injury. Maybe it wasn't such a big operation that he's had, mm. but what do you see happening with Thomas Callas? Is somebody going to come and buy him in the next five weeks or before the end of August? When the window shuts, I, th- I think he's a late window guy. You do, I'd, yeah, abroad rather than this country. Because um, Stoke have been out splashing the cash a bit. Yeah, and but I, I think I, I can't see Stoke. I think Flint was, you know, an yeah. indication of where Stoke are financially. I think they're cutting their cloth accordingly. I think anybody buying um, Callas is probably looking at a one and a half, two million pound fee around that sort of mark, and then his wages. And I, and I think Stoke by getting Flint in for the season indicated where, where their position is financially and what and what market they're, they're looking Good at. Good move for Aiden that was as well. Really Fantastic. Well. But Callas, I, I think, would be our starting right centre-back. I think we're close in the middle. Um, and Naismith on, on the left, for, for me, uh, as the back three. Um, and I think, given what we've just been talking about, the fixes at the start of the season, off to a good start. And then, you know, you get to the end of August and you're like, is there any movement at all that we can actually make? Because I'm sure I've read somewhere that we haven't even gone into transfer negotiations with him. We haven't even offered him a contract. I'm sure that whether there's any truth to that or not, but whether we are just so far apart in terms of actual figures with regards to what, you know, okay, we're trying to do something around the 15,000 mark and, we're asking him to shave 10,000 off potentially, you know, just throwing figures out there, whether we are so far off, but we'd we'd be looking to get some productivity out of him. I would argue in the first month of the season and then end of August. Somebody might come. Well, you've got to make a decision then, haven't you? Because he's far too expensive just to walk out. I mean, it's a a family type situation. Yeah, this is bad. Well, it's fact, it's worse because he costs, he's the club's most expensive signing today, isn't he? What what do you say on Thomas, uh, uh, I think I think Neil's right that it could be a you know, if we don't see any contract um, decisions made, then I think you know we could see a, a late window. Um, UK or abroad? For, uh, both, I think. I think you know you, there's there's plenty of sides that in this division with parachute money you could pay two three million for him. Yeah, Burnley, you know, all, all those, all those kinds of West Brom, maybe, you know, plenty of sides there, I think, can, you know, can fund a Thomas Callas signing for somebody who's experienced at, at this level. I, Fulham have him as a squad player, maybe go back to no, Middlesbrough? No, 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 no. Middlesbrough is an option, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I think all, all of those kind of 
let's call them the, like, the bigger championship clubs. I don't think he'll go Premier League now. I think no. like that. Right. That's Sheffield that's United put him in that yeah, mix with them yeah. as well because they've still yeah, got definitely. residual. Yeah, got, yeah. So, yeah. so I think all those kind of sides are, are a potential option for him. If it was me, I, I'd bite the bullet on saying it's going to be really difficult to get a replacement for Thomas Callas at, at, at that level um, without having to spend some money. And, and then it's a bit of an unknown uh, quantity. I think, Neil, you kind of probably use, would have used my, one of my favourite things. It's, it's causation rather than, sorry, it's correlation rather than causation. Um, on the end of season run when Callas wasn't there. I think if Callas had been there with Close and Atkinson, we'd have been even stronger. That, that's my view, um, instead of Cundy. So I, I don't think it was like, oh, well, okay. Callas has gone, so now we're a better yeah. defence. I, yeah. I think a defence with Thomas Callas in it with a leader in there. Or which he's not, yeah. Well, no, that's fair comment. Which is, which is Closer and, and Naismith for both. You know, oh, Callas, Closer and Naismith. Yeah. That, that's... That's because Atkinson's a bit of a nice guy because you thought he was a bit. You went to Huddersfield and he was a bit like. Well, no, I, I, Atkinson, I like last, I like Atkinson last two months of the season, I thought was fantastic and aggressively. He got a couple of goals from set pieces. Yeah. The aggression was yeah. there. The mentality was there. Obviously, he'd had yeah. COVID earlier on in the season. Yeah. He'd had his injury problems, um, and it's, it's a, and four, it's a big jump. Gonna, yeah. Those four of them are going to. If we play a back three, are going to play. They're going to rotate. Ninety percent of the minutes, aren't they? Yeah. So, so I would, in, in terms of like, what would I do with Cal? I would try and recontract him for another two years, so up to the mm. end of twenty twenty five. And do you know what? This sounds massively kind of hypocritical for me. I'd almost bite the bullet on his wages because I think spreading his couple of million out over three years is as beneficial to us as bringing his wage down. If if you could do something on the wages, say that actually it's you know this is just safe sake bargaining on twenty five k. Maybe you pay him twenty five k this year, twenty next year, and fifteen if that's possible. Mm. That that would be a, I think a great solution. An average of twenty grand a week for the next three years. That that's what I'd be doing. Why not just pay him twenty grand? Why not twenty grand a week because he's you know yeah. you don't know what the yeah. psyche is of these people. But then doesn't that fly in the face of Nigel trying to? I mean, Nigel's showing his old fashionedness in the sense of doesn't want big never, never mind ffp he doesn't want the big wager and he doesn't want the salary differential i think a wage differential i think that's a term but, that's being used but you've, but, got, but you've got to accept where thomas is coming from and you know and you're not going to, yeah. get to accept 10 grand a week are you so i think no, you know you're no. always going to have outliers and if thomas's are one big outlier in in, this, in that respect i think you bite the bullet on it i think he's better off being with us for for another couple of years Certainly, you know, Close is going to be gone probably next summer, isn't he? So mm. that means you've got Callas for another two years on top of that. You know, it, it just helps that squad involvement, I think. That's what yeah. I do. I, I try and get him to, if you can't get him to come down his wages, I just bite the bullet and give him another two years. Fair enough. No, don't disagree with that. Okay, now the one that uh, causes most uh, interaction between you two guys on OTIB <laughs> and Twitter, it is <laughs> Hanoa Masengo. Now, I'll just put my thoughts on this and let you two have your little bit of banter on it. Uh, Hanoa is only, is he 21 in August? I think Dave, is that right? Yeah. July. Yeah. July. 21, 21 next month. He's still very young. He's past, got past it. How many, yeah. how many appearances, how many, including substitute appearances, how many times has he played? 98. 90, 100 games yeah. coming up. So he's got games not, under not his belt. I think Neil's right. spot on actually is 98. But. Um, my view is that, 
and he's a nice bloke. And I, I think you commented what I, I'm only repeating what I put on Oted, Dave, and you commented on that. My view is that he is a nice bloke, but, you know, how influential are agents in all of this? And I think Dave, you said his dad's his agent. But Hanoa is young enough that he can let his contract run down, right, over the next 12 months. And he would be a very cheap option and get a very good deal on a personal level if he was to go back to play in France next summer. Mm-hmm. Now, he's at the early part of his career, so he's achieved a lot so far. He's going to, if he's here, he's he's maybe not going to be a starter, but he's certainly going to be in an 18 if he's here, unless Nigel's really pedantic about it. So he's going to get a few more minutes on the pitch. And next time we can go for nothing. And maybe if he went this summer, a club would pay what we would want, I'll say absolute max 2 million, right? And he could go abroad and let's assume he's earning 10 grand a week here. He could go abroad to a club, 15 grand a week, this now. But if he goes next summer for free, okay, he's not had a season where he's been a first choice at the side that he's at. But he could go and get a three-year deal with another club at 25 grand a week for himself, yeah? And Bristol City have helped his career and he's been an attractive player to watch on many occasions, yeah? Maybe this season might be his breakthrough season. I don't know. But I'll come to you first, Neil. Hanoa, if he's if he was going to go, would he have gone by now? Why are people waiting to buy him? Or is my theory of, you know, he's just happy to a point? And I read somewhere that his sisters are in school in this country or something. There's so much shit flying around yeah. in terms yeah. of not nothing to do with on the football field. So what are your views on Hanoa? Again, lovely guy. My, my views on the contract or my views on him as a player, Dave? Uh, well, both. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I really like Hanno. You know, it's it's never been an issue for me. His attitude is first class. Um, I entirely 100% understand why he's popular as a player. He's infectious. He comes on. He runs lost causes. He, you know, he puts everything on that pitch. Um you know, it's well documented to anybody listening that Dave and I, you know, well, not, well, well, not, well, not arguing about it. We're respectful of each other's opinions on it. Um, and, and, and as no sure, but I, I don't see necessarily what he brings to the team at the moment. We were speaking about the midfield earlier on, Dave, and, and he didn't come into it, did he? No. Um, in, in that conversation. And, you know, it is talking about the potential and yes, we have, a situation with Semenyo whereby, and I'll be the first to admit it, I I spoke to numerous people around me in E32 over the years just saying, what the hell is going on with Semenyo? The game's bypassing him, he's not there and all the rest of it. I didn't see the breakout that Semenyo has had. And if people did, absolutely fair play to him because I didn't think that he would have the second half of the season that he's quite obviously had. Um, Semenyo. Semenyo, yeah. this is. It may well be the case that Han Noah uh, has a similar type breakout and he has the fundamentals there and and Dave, you know, analyzes his data and looks at his charts and we speak often about, you know, the fundamentals in his play and what he potentially might play. But he's been here three years now and we, we get into this potential, potential, potential. And 
okay. I may be wrong. He's not in my starting starting. He's not in my starting lineup, and we're talking about a renegotiation of a contract. Yeah, and I don't think necessarily it's one of the bigger renegotiations. I look at Bentley, and I look at De Silva, and you look at Callas. You're talking about expensive renegotiations, though. I don't think Hannah Noah falls into one of those expensive renegotiations per se. But I think, you know... If you have a sellable asset that allows you to fundamentally um, re-divert finances to other areas of the field or bolster other areas of the field, and Hanoa is a sellable asset, I would be looking at it now saying, okay, well, he's turned down a couple of contracts. So obviously we have put in place what we think he's worth. Think he's worth. He's in the same way we did with Cundy by all accounts. And he obviously, there is a difference of opinion. How wide that difference of opinion is, I don't know. But there is a difference of opinion. So then what do we do? Do do we end up like a Cundy situation going, thanks ever so much, Robbie, time time to pass? Or do we offer more money or, or whatever on, yeah. on an asset that he's going to be fourth or fifth choice, isn't he? If anybody else comes in as well, at least, if, Andy at least got, if Andy King's got a I, I think contract. He, I think he's in front of Andy King. Okay. But, I'm but, Andy but, King's there purely as backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think I think you've got Matty James, Joe Williams, and Alex Scott in the centre in front of him. And then Josh Harris as well. Well, no, I don't know. Well, if, if, if Ian was on now, we'd be uh, clapping up. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. with yeah. it. Maybe but, he need maybe a cup game with Josh Harris would be uh, maybe one of the Carabao. Let's give him an opportunity. Okay, yeah, Dave. On, on, yeah, Neil. Your your thought your thoughts on on the player yeah. and the contract and what what would you do? What do you think might happen? It's all speculation. Yeah, okay. So I think if we take Han Noah, if, if we go back to the the back three, and we talk about there being four four players for three positions at the moment, then I think we're exactly the same in the in the centre midfield. If uh, certainly in those opening dozen games of the season when we're without our WSM. Because I think you're then talking about Williams, James, Scott, and the Sengo being those four players. Yeah. And if it is a flat, th- a flat three, if I can get my teeth back in, then I I think Masengo's as good an option in in as one of those three as as, as any of the others for, for that matter. So I I I don't mm. you know Neil we have this on the OTIM. I don't see potential. I see actual. You know he paid he played the equivalent of thirty games last season. You know which is as many as Scott and is as many as Many as uh, Matty James, you know, played a load more than than Williams, and so I think he's a bona fide part of the eighteen. As you know, I don't do first elevens. I think you know, is, no, he, is he an auto, is, is he an auto pick for the eighteen? Yes, he is. Yeah. Point, in my opinion, yeah, and I, I think you're just rotating players around in that. He's you know he's at the same level ish as many of those other players in that mid midfield area, and I think it's down to players to play well and, and keep their keep their place. Um, so, you know, if I was sat there today picking a side for the, the first game away at Hull, he might be my left midfielder of those those central three. Um, mm. So, yeah. But, I, you know, that, that's the playing side. And I think, you know, we, we do respectfully uh, d- debate this with, with, with each <laughs> other and we have slightly, you know, we're slightly different views on him. Um, but in terms of the financial side, I think, you know, what we don't know is, you know, how much has he been offered? Is is the reason he hasn't accepted because he, he's waiting for offers elsewhere? Is he not accepted because the offer's not good enough? And then if it's not good enough, how far apart are we in our evaluations? 
there's good financial reasons to extend him. And there's probably good financial reasons to extend him and give him a little bit more money as well, because he's going to get better. And I, and I think the real worry is, is if we wait and let him run his contract down at the end of next season. If he he'll goes, definitely go. Well, he'll, he'll go. But if he goes in this country, then the tribunal system we've got there will be quite generous. Bearing in mind we play best part of three million quid for him. We also will be undoubtedly offering an extended contract and therefore we'll be entitled to compensation yeah, yeah. and lots of factors come into play. Anyone who's played 100 or more games at championship level, you're probably going to get at least three million in a tribunal for him. So why wouldn't you give him an extra couple of thousand quid a week or whatever if, if, if it was down to, to money? If he goes abroad under their tri- under the FIFA tribunal system, we'd probably get 300,000. Yeah, so, and that's a big, and that's a big, and that's a big. Uh, yeah, that's a hell of a difference. So it, it comes down to the fact if we can't, if he won't sign a contract, we get rid of him now. Sim- simple as that. It's it's black. I'm not normally black and white. I think there's a load of grey in, in most discussions. This one for me is as black and white as you get. We cannot afford for him to run down his contract. That's not to say we can force him out the door either, but that should be the position of the club. If he won't sign a contract by X date, we're selling. Yeah, and then we wait for the bids to come in. Dave, can I just ask that valuation of tribunal in this country? Yeah, that that appears to be more than our initial payment, was it not? Two point eight, Wilmot. Because, because you, 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 what but then he's played games now. I know, but games in three years. It's so it's based on about eight or nine different things. It's based on yeah. any fees that you've originally paid for him, the contract offer that you put in front of him. Yeah. To, to re-sign, which will obviously be more than what he's on now, um, based on the contract offer of the club that want to take him, um, and a whole other host yeah. of other things. There's lots of variables. So, so I think knowing that, that forces the move abroad then, doesn't it, for him? I was going to say, if I, think going he, to tribune, I think he is 75% more likely. I think no, at the, the end, at the end I think of 75 the abroad, well, next season, yeah. yeah. I think it's 75-25. Abroad versus another championship club. Yeah, I mean, if from from what Dave said, on what Dave said, on what Dave said, going to have to pay him two and a half million quid. Yeah. It might be a Premier League club, guys. Of course, yeah, but they could, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they could. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, they could Leicester take him on that. Supposedly, Leicester, Southampton are two clubs who are really, you know, supposedly really yeah. keen on it. Okay. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> I, just, I think twenty-one guys, isn't he? You know, I know. We were we were talking yeah. about Oroa Edwards earlier. Oroa right. Edwards is older than Ham Noah Masenga. Yeah. yeah. Alex yeah. Scott's and, two and, years and, younger. And Cam Prince, is, 20. Yeah, Alex Scott's, Cam Prince, Alex 25. Alex Scott's a star, and we're talking about 20, 25 million for him. You know, yeah. we're we're not, we're almost kind of treating yeah. Ham Noah Masenga like he's Zach Viner. Yeah. No. It's a fair point. Dave, I want to stick with you on this. Um, the FL had this to do with FFP or. Profit, uh, was it PNS now? PPS, Profit and Sustainability. Or profit and Sustainability, yeah. The EFL had their meeting last week. If I've read it correctly, they didn't buy into what we hoped they were buying into, which is evaluating yeah. potential fees. You seem, along with two or three other people on OTIB, pretty much a, a pretty definitive source on where we're at with FFP. I mean, let me ask you this question. If... Tottenham came in tomorrow and said, we'll give you 15 million quid for Alex Scott and we're loaning back to you 
for the whole of next season and we'll give you add-ons that take that 15 to 20 million which could be based on number of appearances for Tottenham and potential England full England international cap so you could have two triggers in there if Alex Scott was to be sold for 15 million tomorrow all our problems have gone away haven't they yeah absolutely I think they, they just the flip of that. I don't think Nigel Pearson would want a player back on loan who's not committed to the club. But that, you know, aside from a <laughs> pure financial decision, I I think that would be a difficult no, decision. Oh, to I don't think these loan backs work particularly well. Okay. Right. Well, he doesn't like the loan. He doesn't like the loan system anyway. No. All right. Okay. Um, if um, if I mean, if Semenyo had gone to Celtic, if Semenyo had gone to Celtic. And the 10 million quid was, if you like, their opening offer. And let's say we'd have got it up to 15. That would have solved all our problems. But here we are right now, you know, the, the guys that could go out the door, maybe Casey Palmer, not Casey Palmer, sorry, the ones that could raise a fee now, Callas, Hanoa. Feynman. Well, I, I'm not even bringing that up because it was me floating that mm. boat about somebody coming in with a cheeky offer for Feynman. Mm. How... What is the impact of us only being able to raise from player sales, I'll say, four million quid over the next? Well, and when is the cutoff date for it? For when they is it because the club's financial year end is May? But do they do they look at the club's financial year end? Because if they do, then we've missed that deadline. So. Well, I'll be interested. I mean, so, so, sorry, let me oh, just, so, so, so it's a long way. I'm just getting my yeah. views out as part of asking the question. Course, so, yeah. Dave, if we raise four million or less from sales in the next, well, in the next couple of months, where are we on FFP, or is the FFP die cast because the club's financial year end is the end of May? Okay, so the the, the, the big the big thing to understand is the cycle. FFP cycle that ended season 21-22, which has just gone. Yeah, We are in absolutely no danger of breaking FFP for. It, you know, our accounts, although we've not seen them for this year, we're, you know, we're miles and miles inside. The only year we have a real issue with is this, is this season and the cycle that ends this season because that's the season we lose that profit in 18-19 yeah. out, out of the cycle. Okay. So we can forget about anything that's gone on last season in the last 12 months because we're back in check now yeah so it's that big loss but we're but we're we're about to go into a cycle where we lose that profit figure and you know and we've got that big 38 million in there without the profit figure to offset it and that that's Mm -hmm. where we hit the problem so at the end of this year based on projections i think we would fail ffp this is may accounts to may 2022 yeah, because that's that is the year end, no, isn't it? May. No, be t- no. This will be to May accounts. May twenty twenty three. I'm talking about. Okay. We are. We're so we're really in a in a position with with profitability and sustainability where we are probably working with the EFL to just say we're close, but we're we're under control and we're doing this, that, and the other to solve it. And you know, saving Casey Palmer's a million pound will be shown in a good light with the EFL if we are over it. I think you know we've we've lost Callum O'Dowd as you know half a million a year in wages probably yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that little bit that we're over the thirty nine million is gradually being clawed back for throughout the summer, and if we have to claw back some more in January, the, uh, you know I think Mr. Popdopoulos on OT I believe says oh you know we could be in for points deduction, 
I don't believe we are. No points deduction this season, period. Correct. I, I think we will have enough mitigation and leg room with the EFL for that not to become an issue. And okay. actually, you know, it, I think if we move a couple of players also, forget fees as well, or not forget fees, but don't forget it's not only fees, it's wages saved that makes up that. And, and, and yeah. you know, so if Naki Wells went as well, we got a fee and we removed his wages off the wage bill. You know, we might be pretty close to being inside FFP. So we're not, we're close enough for it not to be an issue in my opinion. That's me being quite bullish. I, I pretty cautiously underestimated right. the revenues we would get last season and this season. Okay. So, so we're in a, we're in a better, didn't expect us to get 19,000 average I attendance. So I thought good. we'd probably be 16, 17. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's, you know, it's probably only a million quid, but a million quid when it all adds up, it's another million yeah, quid in the overall scheme of yeah. things. But the thing is, yeah. what you're saying is though, that the season ending May 23 would be potentially a bit more problematic. And by the time we and get the EFL, to the you have to do projections yeah, for that. And then you have to, you have to regularly, regularly report against those. Sorry, I've chatted for a while, Neil. No, no, no. no. So, sorry, sorry, Neil. What, if, I th- I think what Dave's saying, we're not going to get, we're not going to get a put, we have no fear of a points deduction no, it's next for 22-23 season. It's a 23-24. It's a 23 at the start of 23-24 because yeah. our accounts to May... No, it's, 20... it's not. It's No, it's, we're now in a reporting period which takes in this coming season's finances. And you have to send the EFL projections of those throughout the season. You have to do a final one. I got it. Uh, so we send the projections, and because we're being seen to do stuff, that's got us out of the hole. But basically, yeah. this time next year, so we can hang on to our prize assets this season about, if we wanted to, we, because we, we could do that fire way. sale. We could do not fire sale. Yeah. We could do that sale this time next year. Yeah, and, if and we needed we funds, could, we could do, or we could do it in January, if if we okay. really desperately. So if Alex it. Scott came in, if Alex Scott started, and he's in all three of us, our starting eleven. If Alex Scott yeah. came in and played every game, featured a bit more for England under nineteen, whatever games they're playing in, Tottenham come in with that fifteen million for Scott. Yeah, um, yeah. Who, I mean, do you, do you, who who of those two? Do you think would be uh, you know? Do you think we could lose? Do you think both of them would be Bristol City players in twelve months' time? There you go, Dave. That's one for you. Probably Scott not. Semenya. Yeah. Yeah. No. Do you agree with that? Yeah, All right. I, I can't say. Okay. I, d- I think Semenya. Um, you know, next season he's going into last year of his contract, and there's already indications is he's not going to sign a new contract. Yeah. So we need to exercise that. Um, well, that, 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 option, that option year, and yeah. then I think um, next summer our hand will be for summer. All right, okay, guys. Look, I think we've had a, a good uh, three-way debate. When I upload, uh, when I upload this, for those that you are listening to it on upload, we'll have chopped off all the whiffle, all the spiffle, the waffle <laughs> to do with the fixtures, or we we'll just pick up the beginning bit of that. Dave, Dave great to, uh, de- yeah. De- <laughs> <laughs> Neil's just said how long we've been on air. One hour fifty-three minutes. We did start at half past eight. Oh, okay. Dave, great uh, to have you on again. Yeah, I, I haven't been yeah. I haven't been avoiding you through the summer. <laughs> That's okay. We, we all need a break, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, good to have you. Good to have both uh, both you guys on. I think the debate once we moved away from fixtures to talk about this has been uh, has been really good. Between now and uh, the start of the season, um, we will have. 
probably a couple of specials that I want to do in conversation pieces with. Uh, we do some preseason reviews as well. So I think I'm more likely to bring you two guys on with, say, Gary or Chris or somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Ian and Mark with, with, with somebody else, probably Gregor. And, you know, if there's major transfer activity, we might do uh, a very uh, another special yeah, because it's all been happening. But guys, thanks for your contribution. Everybody who's listened, not far short of 100 on the day, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Forever Bristol City podcast, two years old this weekend, weekend of the 25th. And uh, as I say, good to have Dave on because he was uh, one of our regular contributors early days. And Neil, you've come on stream. Thanks to nice. Dave in the last few months. Good to uh, good to have you both, and it's been interesting to have a chat, guys. Thanks a lot for your contribution today. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Thanks very much. Oh, speak to you summer. soon. Yeah. Speak, speak to right. you soon, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.